Hey everyone, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, and we are watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise a quarter hour at a time. I'm your co-host, Zach Bassetta. I am Vito Lapicola. Vroom, vroom, bitches. It's Anthony Ray Bench. And I just want to point out, Zach, you really hit the, the furious this time in your intro. Like, you were furious. It was... That's right. So I'm, I'm mad that, that uh, we're, we're getting to the end of this high-quality uh, material we've been covering. Is it is it almost the end? I haven't been paying attention. No, well, I mean, I think we were saying last week about how the seventh one is kind of the last of the really good films. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. No, we've got plenty left on this one. I mean, go. we have Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and the Furious 8, and Fast and the Furious 9 to quote-unquote look forward to and then both and don't we ha- don't we have that like uh that unrelated but yet related like han movie that we were talking about doing oh, yeah butter luck decide not to do it? i mean we could always go back and do it there's also the netflix animated series no i'm good dude i watched i watched the first two episodes and i was like nah all right all right i guess you aren't completionists but that that's okay I, I will insist watching uh, Hobbs and Shaw in 15-minute increments, uh, just just so you know. That might be all we could take. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, any Anything before we, we dive into uh, more of a, a story, narrative-based uh, section of the film? I no, hated this chunk. <laughs> like, spoiler what? alerts, guys. Did you I, really? I hated this chunk. I hated it, yeah. I thought I thought for sure that you were going to love this yeah. chunk. Nope. Character nope. development, let's, Anthony. Yeah, let's get into here's, it. Okay, I'm, here's okay, here's my opening impersonation of Anthony. I don't like the action. I want the character development moments. Cut to the character development moments. I thought it sucked. Come on, man. That's hey, a wonderful impression what? that you just did of me. I'm I'm really like honored. It, it was what? it was Wait, part what? Homer Simpson and part I'm just, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Well, you do sound like this, Anthony. It sounded like Homer Simpson, but not. Oh, not man, enough to I get sued to... by the copyright people. Never mind. Please don't kill me when we meet. I'm just <laughs> joking. Each other just again. joking. Okay. I do think it's funny, though, that you're always like, I'm not, I, I hate the action sequences. I want character. We're like, there's a 15 minute chunk of character, and you're like, I hated it. Well, I'm, I'm sure Anthony will detail all of the reasons this didn't quite live up to his. Uh, lofty expectations um, lofty <laughs> but as as we left off mose the terrorist leader guy uh, he's staring down dom who also has ramsey in the car with him there and they're they're at the cliff and he says he's very impressed and he'd like to know the name of who's causing him so much trouble uh mr nobody and his men are also watching uh shepherd says there's no way out of there but nobody seems to have confidence in dom why wouldn't I, I love the fact that again these guys have like these high concept drones they could see everything that's ha- you can't send a drone or two in to blow up some cars i assume them it's out. satellites i know no, this is i a mean t- but like we had drones back then that could i'm that sure could we did I, I i just i got the impression watching it that their cameras are like in space <laughs> yeah okay all right but you i mean you might be you might have a point hey guys yeah dom ain't no deer He's not a, a what? He's not a deer. I, That's the line. You didn't write that oh, line yes. down. That's a very important line. Holy shit. 
not Dom ain't no deer. Yeah, the, the <laughs> line is... Letty. And then she can call me deer all she wants. The, is that the, what Shepard says? He's, no, he looks that's, like a deer. No, that's what Mr. Nobody says. Holy shit, like, I... I I, I took better notes than Zach. This is the first. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, no, like the line is like, he looks like a deer in headlights. That's like some, you know, like fucking extra just saying mm -hmm. that. And then Mr. Nobody goes, Dom ain't no deer, which I laughed out loud, like comedic brilliance. Like this was <laughs> top tier writing. Kurt Dom Russell ain't no deer. Sells it. That's Kurt Russell can sell any line whatsoever that he's given. Like any yeah. line. Exactly. Yeah, he's he a master. It was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And like, I, I don't know, like it sounds like an obscure, like punk rock, like song that somebody's going to like put into the title. And like only like two people would know what it is. Dame no yeah. dare. Dame yeah. no dare. Dame yeah. no dare. No, uh, you, would, you know who would have, who else would have sounded amazing saying that line and almost got the part of Mr. Nobody, which I found out? Samuel Jackson. Denzel Washington. They offered this part to Denzel Washington, and he turned it down. Can you imagine it? that that one? Dom ain't no deer. The way he says it with this kid, he would have sold that line too. But anyway, I, I want, digress. I want a T-shirt with Dom ain't no deer, like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna start a punk band. You guys want to be in a punk band? We'll start a punk band called sure. Dom Ain't No Deer. I do, do know it. three chords, so right, I, I, I can play bass pretty well. Play competently. So as long as I don't have to shave my head, I'm in. Uh, we're we're going like to shave it. our heads. You're, you're good. You're all right. Band's good. over. Band's over. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for ruining the fucking band. We'll you're go on a reunion in tour in 25 years. Exactly. <laughs> we just go on the reunion tour without even having the band. That would be the best. Yeah. I like Instant that. fans, no work. Sorry. Um, Let's do it. Zach, you were saying? Mose says he'll let them live if they give him the girl. Ramsey asks Dom what he's going to do, and he suggests that she put on her helmet, which I guess is just under her seat. I know. He's, he says it like she's a little kid, too. He's like, now I'm about to be about the time you put on your helmet, little girl. I know. He says it like almost like, you know, the one you brought with you. It's like, what? She doesn't obviously doesn't have one there with her. I don't know how, how it fit. Maybe it was in the floorboard. I'm not sure where she pulled it from is my point. I, I especially love the fact that he tells her to put on a helmet and he does not put on a helmet I knew himself. He well, have you seen that dome? Because helmets are girly. That thick and head he's, of his, he's clearly he doesn't need no helmet. His head is a helmet. <laughs> Dom's head has been mistaken as the firmament by, uh, by satellites, okay? He's able to, like, he can get hit in the head with, a, like, a wrench and take it, man. He's a I man. Skull of steel. He's an alpha, damn it. Alphas don't yeah. need no helmets. Uh, Cut to a dead Dom two minutes later. <laughs> Mose tells his men to shoot at Dom. Dom starts to do donuts on the gravel, sending it into the eyes of all the bad dudes. And <laughs> Shepard is freaking out because this plan is crazy. Yeah. I love, it, I love the fact that he's like, take aim at the driver. So they take aim. The car starts spinning. He doesn't decide to yell, Fire! Like, they could have taken these guys out while they were spinning, and they would have done the job for them because the bullets would have just eventually hit them. Or we, shot at the tires. Yeah. yeah, we needed that Simpson moment, uh, Simpsons moment where, uh, what, what's the bad guy's name? Moe's. Moe's. Where, like, Moe's, like, turns to his, like, next in command and just, like, puts his hand on his chest and is like, no, no, let's see where, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> like, 
Let's the entire <laughs> yeah like let, let's see where this goes like the entire time i'm watching i'm like they should have like fired like 10 seconds ago what are they doing <laughs> like what is this genius doing <laughs> i know he's got a mesmerized <laughs> maybe it's uh, true that people are easily uh distracted maybe exactly. maybe maybe they were all like whoa a spinning car they're very impressionable henchmen there yeah. was there was one thing that it did though the dust they got him on fiverr <laughs> Well, no, it, it, the dust did serve, though, for some reason to obscure uh, Shaw's shot, which was interesting. Which, because he, uh, he, remember when he was look, looking, he was going to snipe him, and then the smoke well, came well, out. Interesting. But, 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 yeah, but, well, once the dust settles, Dom is pointing towards the cliff, which Ramsey points out is the wrong way, but Dom seems to know what he's doing. Um, and this is what you're getting at, Vito. Uh, meanwhile, Deckard is mounting up his sniper rifle to also take a shot at Dom. But he notices that Dom is about to get mowed down by Moses' men, which he finds interesting. And I don't think he ever took a shot. I think he was going to, though, but the smoke actually helped help Dom. You know what I mean? But, yes. but did Dom even know that he was there? Like, that's no. what I'm wondering. Of course he did. Dom knows everything. Well, right. was it that he was? You might, be, you might be right, Vito, but I also kind of took it that he kind of wanted to see it play out too, Deckard. Like, because he yeah, says yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And if, like, <laughs> what the hell is Dom going to do at this point? It's kind of like how the Predator realizes that Arnold is a worthy opponent, you know, and, and decides to, like, in, engage him mano a mano. I think that this is the point where where Shaw's like, okay, this guy's a worthy adversary. Let's see where this is going. Exactly. He wants to beat him. On his own, you know, I think he wants the victory to, to do that for him, sort of. But uh, exactly, he doesn't need the help of these, you know, bottom barrel terrorists or whatever the hell they are. That's yeah, on, they were hired from Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> Five, dude, that is a funny idea for a short film where like a guy hires a team of bodyguards from Fiverr. <laughs> I, I mean. As as we will soon see, and I will point out later, bodyguards in movies are terrible, and I don't even know how they get paid. But but we'll get there eventually. If you're good, that if you're lucky, you won't have to pay him. Uh, Dom drives off the cliff, and the car goes rolling down the mountain with parts of it flying off. And Moses is like, "Look at this crazy motherfucker." <laughs> Deckard also has no choice but to take off. And Dom's crew finds him and Ramsey at the bottom of the cliff, none the worse for wear. Thanks for the strongest roll cage. Uh, thanks to the strongest roll cage in the world. And, and the strongest Dom. case of plot armor. Now, like he gets out of the, the car and like has like a smear of like mud like, on his forehead. <laughs> not not a bruise, not like blood trickling down, just mud. Just mm -hmm. where his head fine. scraped against a boulder and his helmet like you know, head, his helmet like dome kept him alive. I, I did notice that it broke the boulder in half, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is very, uh, very telling that in the there are shots of uh, close ups of both Ramsey and Dom as they're rolling. And they do make very, uh, very carefully clear to show that there is a massive roll bar in the car. You know what I mean? Like it is shown like several times. Something that is ironic uh, is I was just watching Death Proof again the other day, which has Russell, Kurt Russell in it, and their car is Death Proof. So I wonder if they use that as like, I mean, if Kurt Russell being in the movie inspired them to to do that shot. You know what I mean? To have a Death Proof car in the movie, giving a 
logical reason as to why they survived the fall was what inspired the shot. Yeah, uh, that's true. Just, I mean, because we know that they took the time to build these very, they were bulletproof for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, cool. I would cry foul, but there was that scene where like, he basically says like, what, what was it? Like, I want this car and this car to have a demon spawn baby or something like that. Like they're basically buffing the cars. So it's fine. Like it's acceptable. Well, I appreciate that they took the time to point that out, you know, like that's again kind of what I like about these movies is that they do often seem to go out of their way to make these insane things as as believable as possible. Because if you're like, well, hey, wait a minute, how did they? It's like, oh, well, you know, the roll cage. The yeah. least believable part of that entire scene is that all of the tire, there's a tire like separated from the car that's like along the wall of the ravine. And then it also shows a close up of another tire and none of them are popped. It's like I've, I've watched cars go over a small rock and, <laughs> and the tire explodes like but none of the tires on this car went away, which is a really good Michelin commercial, I guess. I know. I was gonna say if we if we had listeners, they could write in and tell us. You know, are there something <laughs> as we do have listeners? They're just in Tanzania and Guana. Shout right. out to all of our fans in in Africa and yeah, everywhere yeah. else around the world. Our international in every day. Um, but yeah, like, is that even a thing? I mean, like, how likely is it that uh, you know the tires wouldn't have gotten shot out? Or- oh, they would have. They would have blown up. Like, I mean, like I said, like. Going down a hill like that, I've I've seen plenty of crashes. The tires never never survive. That was like the least I, believable thing about it for me was the tires. Yeah, and I I have a feeling uh, this might meet me being cynical, but like Michelin or whatever brand the tires were, we're like, yeah, like we'll we'll let you, you know, feature our our brand in your movie, but you know, like you you can't show any weakness to it. You can't show them popped. You can't show them like damage or anything like that. Like I'm gonna say it need- again, producer. Pirelli yeah. don't pop. Fine. We'll put it in the movie. Yeah, and then I that's probably the case. Yeah, exactly. Uh although Ramsey is out cold, I guess she got knocked out from it. So that was, you know, at least some consequence. It was the helmet. She, exactly. Ironically <laughs> enough, it was the helmet that knocked her out. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you <laughs> saved her life. What an awful message this movie is sending. Like helmets aren't cool and they don't do anything to protect you if you're going to fly off a cliff. Well, and also (laughs) they've moved her to a scenic dock overlooking a river. So I'm not sure what that transition was like. It also Uh, looks like, believe it or not, it looks like I I didn't double check it, but it looks like almost the same set where they had the Tony Stark funeral in Endgame. Like it looks like the very same set. Which it might be, but who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's a common location people use for for movies. Yeah. Uh, Letty alerts the team that Hello Kitty's awake. Maybe. Why does Letty hate women? I don't think she what hates women. Movie? I think she secretly really loves women, and so she's mean to them this, in a this flirty way. Of like this, the skank. <laughs> Get a little. Yeah, yeah. Cutting in on my team, although. Well, we'll get to it, I guess. But Roman remarks that Ramsey doesn't look like a hacker to him because she's hot. Um, Brian asks her how she's feeling and basically tells her to let him know if she has a concussion. Uh, Ramsey isn't sure whether to thank them for the rescue or kick Dom's ass for throwing her off a cliff. 
Dom says that she can tell them where the device is. Um, yeah, Which was very, I, I thought Paul Walker was really good here when he, mm-hmm. when he did her little exam, like he, there are really good moments where he comes off as very believable in, in a lot of his acting things. And I thought he was very good here. Yeah. Like just the fact that he, you know, cared to, enough to kind of check her out that he knew enough to check her out, but it, it was also kind of setting up, uh, you know, well, Ramsey kind of gives a little bit of a personality info dump. Uh, well, first she says that the God's Eye device was mailed to a friend in Abu Dhabi. Uh, <clears throat> Brian says those other guys would have tortured her for that information. But Ramsey says she trusts Dom and Brian's team. And Letty asks why they just met. Ramsey says she knows enough. And and before we get into this whole thing, I just I didn't want to talk about that whole idea of like Letty sort of having this. I don't know. She seems a bit, I, I can't tell if she's still just sort of suspicious because they don't know enough about Ramsey yet, or if it's kind of like this, Ooh, another girl coming onto the team. I know that sounds super sexist, but it does make me wonder what, the, I mean, it's uh, not sexist if, if it's true. That's what I'm saying. It's like, kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. I think it's probably a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we talk about like these lines that, are written into these movies that feel like out of place and weird and just like kind of ego driven. And every time Letty makes a comment about that kind of stuff, like it feels like, you know, wow, the audience is really going to love this, like write this into the script. And it, it, it breaks the feel like it breaks. the. There's an audience loyalty to Letty. Is that what they're thinking? I, I don't know, man. It just it, it came out of nowhere and it felt really mean and really just like unnecessary and out of place. Like maybe if she like kind of had an attitude towards Letty first, like it would make more sense of like Letty to be like, oh, you know, like this bitch what? or whatever. But they don't know anything about her, like aside from the fact that it's a hacker and like Letty and just that says, she's like, been kidnapped. Really- yeah, I mean, she just went through a freaking ordeal. I mean, I know she doesn't act like it, but she did. And also, like, what about her spells out Hello Kitty? Like, I'm not seeing like the connection. She's not like Kawaii or like you know. I think they're wearing... trying to tell you that she's super pretty. That she's just a really cute. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it, no, you're right because she it, doesn't. It's one of those. Me. Yeah, it's one of those lines where it's just like that. It's dumb and it doesn't have any place. And it I think I think you're right, though, Anthony. I think what that is is that's the the writers trying to give Michelle Rodriguez a reason not to think she's going to be replaced in the next movie by that character. Don't you know worry. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not getting amnesia well, again. Yeah, that's that that makes a, a lot of sense. It just I don't know. Like, there's sometimes where like bad lines work because of the delivery in these movies. And there's other times where like a bad line is made worse from the delivery. And that delivery was just like really snarky and uncalled for. And again, if they had established like a repertoire between like, you know, the two characters, like, you know, if, if Ramsey had started like a rivalry or said, you know, Oh, Dom's hot or something like that. And like, you know, gave Letty kind of a reason to act that way. But like Letty just acts that way off the right off the bat. Letty's kind of a bitch. Not, she kind yeah. of is the whole the whole series. She's, it did kind of make me think back to that. I smell skanks line, which you know, yeah, yeah. Like, 
her being a bitch to people she doesn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a good point, Anthony. It just didn't sit well with me. But anyways. You well, have it like Michelle Rodriguez since the start of the series, damn it. That is your true. bias is showing, Anthony. No, I that's actually, true. I agree with you on this. 100%. She was bitchy for no reason. It just yeah. shows that she's being very petty and she's insecure. I blame and, uh, the, the writing, even though I know we've been fairly positive on the writing in general. But but you're probably, it could have been like a studio note. Who knows? Who knows where that yeah. line came from? It, it just uh, fell more, out. More bitch, less polite. That's right. That's, that was the studio note. More bitch. More right. bitch. Uh, Ramsey points out that Brian is either military or ex-cop, going by the way he took out those bad guys. Uh, she, he's had some type of training. Uh, she can tell Tej is a tech guy since he was offended by the hacker remark that Roman made. She labels Dom Alpha and Letty Mrs. Alpha. And then she calls Roman a joker. Roman says that she's wrong and claims that he's a double alpha. Man candy. And Tez tells him to sit his candy ass down. Ramsey Rome. Roman really I, is the worst. I'm so surprised that I I love Tyrese in this role. Like I think he's such a great so great at self-deprecating himself because at the end of the day, he's always the butt of the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's very good at it too. Yeah, like nobody comes, no one's like laughing, like Rome, you're fucking hilarious. You know, you're always saying like the rest of even though there is this camaraderie, they still treat him as like this sort of useful buffoon you know well he sort of is exactly the, char- yeah. the character is annoying and i can't stand it. oh yes he's a- anthony he- that's because he's a double alpha that's right you just like, double he- alphas offend you betas and <laughs> and the the usage of of the term alpha and mrs alpha was super cringe to me i will say this though um ramsey's little breakdown of why she trusts dom and the gang it's dumb, but it works. It's really dumb. Like it, it, it could only exist in a movie like this, and it's kind of like it, it checks out. So even I'll, I'll, even the line where she's like, "Only a person filled with fear would do that." I don't sense an ounce of fear in any one of you. Well, she says yeah, that it, only two things could make the team so strong: either loyalty or fear, and she doesn't sense fear in either any of these fellas. And it's dumb, but it works. It, it's yeah. Makes sense. It, I mean, yeah. I guess the idea that like it's not like she, she's a hacker, not a psychologist. Like she's like psychoanalyzing everyone and like, oh well, if you put these two pieces of information together, it is a little silly that she's able to basically dumb deduce everything. But it's it's. I, I mean, dumb. like I, I I saw that little bit as kind of like. Uh, just an explainer to the audience who hadn't seen the previous films. Like, it's kind of like, all right, like we're going to break down the characters for the audience. It make it doesn't make sense that it takes place so far into like the middle of the movie. Like this seems like it would have been a good thing to do in the beginning, but like she nails the characters in almost like a comedic, like pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, like, when I say like it's movie dumb, but it works, um, the the line about fear, like you know, fear, loyalty, blah blah blah. It's like no, there could be money involved. There could be you know, well, my a lot exam- of different aspects. Yeah, so my new lady we just met <laughs> is where she, where she says that she can tell that Tej is a hacker because he was offended by the hacker comments. Where 
I thought he was offended by the how it was slightly sexist, not so much that he was making fun of hackers. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that doesn't really prove that he's a hacker, but it's enough of a reason that I can go along with it. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it, it's it's movie dumb. It's fine. Yeah, totally. I love the title movie dumb, by the way. That should be a podcast. <laughs> totally right. Just plausible enough. Um, so then she asked if they work for the U S government and Dom says they have similar interests. And then he tells Tej to call it in because they're going to the middle East. Dead Cue gumball. the montage. That's right. Cue the and I montage. fucking hated the montage. I hated the music. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, I, I wrote down in my notes, like this, this little sequence of the cars and women is everything I hate. And to be fair, I thought the franchise would be made up of like 90% that kind of dumb stuff. Uh, but I'm happy to say it's been closer to like 5%. But when it pops up, like in every Ooh, single movie, there. it pops up. It, it just, yeah, like, I'm just like, God, I fucking there hate this. There is a difference, like, though. There's a subtle difference well, with this one, though, Anthony. Luckily, we're, we're not quite, quite there yet. We do have okay. a very emotional scene between Brian and Dom first before we get into this frivolity. Um, because they can't just go to the Middle East like normal people. They have to fly in on a super stealthy military-grade aircraft, and it must be very late because Letty is asleep, but Dom and Brian are up, chatting about how that mountain was a close call, but it got the job done. And Brian, in this scene I found very interesting, Brian mentions missing the bullets again, and this scene felt very oddly stitched together. Cobbled together, yeah. 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 I, because I was thinking where they the cut thing. his... Yeah, because where they cut his lines were interesting. What you could actually see him physically saying. What were you going to say, Vito? I was going to say that was very astute of you because that scene was rotoscoped together from the father scene that took place earlier. They they took uh, they literally took shots from that earlier scene where they talked about him being a good dad, color corrected them, added him into the scene, and uh, Paul Walker's brothers provided. The dialogue, they, I guess they sound a lot like him. So that scene was completely rewritten after Paul Walker had passed. Although I got to say, that scene was very touching to me. I found this scene to was, be very effective. It was. I don't disagree. But I also felt like just the, it, when you, it's one of those like if you think about if you start to think about the reasons, you can tell it's like they're trying to wrap it up. It was kind of yeah, like I, Princess Leia in the third Star Wars uh, I, film yeah. where all of her lines were from other movies help me obi-wan you're my only hope why was that why did she just say that rise of the skywalker it's because they were cobbling her performance together from past performances yeah i i, I was gonna bring up the rise of skywalker as well we're like almost like her or not her uh brian's reactions don't really fit to what dom is saying and he had like a force ghost sort of halo to him too yeah yeah that's and, why and anakin is... skywalker appeared to the right <laughs> <laughs> and, and dom is like saying like this like really like kind of like just well he says complimentary... that yeah being like given his... the, uh, com continuing to set up the idea that brian is done and uh that family is all that matters yeah, and like you know, the the bravest thing like is you know being a family man and stuff like that. Like it it seems like almost again with like it just 
compared to everything else that's happened in this movie, like it seems like, you know, we are basically acknowledging like the character Brian and Paul Walker in this scene as like the good guy that's going to walk away. Like it, it just, it, it was well done. Like I'll give him that, but it was distracting if that makes well, sense. I think because it was forced, it wasn't like they had this yeah. outcome for the character planned because they feel natural. Movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not even the dialogue that Dom speaks felt natural to like what was happening in the movie at that time. It feels like, you know, like we, we have to insert this scene because, you know, it's going to call back to what happens at the end, which I don't know what happens at the end, you know, like, well, I do like, I, I know. Um, but yeah, it, it felt distractingly like just weirdly edited and, and the dialogue was clunky. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, felt even more shoehorned in was the shot of Letty waking up and It'll hearing be- Dom saying that because it was almost as if to have the audience go, that's the men she thinks she fell in love with, but can't really remember. Cause it's like, yeah. she always has to have these moments where she hears them and she's like, yeah, that's why I think I, probably knows it's genuine when i had my mind yeah like yeah it's 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 like they they have to force her to re-fall in love with him over and over because like how yeah uh, honestly how crazy would it be if you woke up you didn't remember anyone and there was somebody who was like i've been your lover for 12 years and you're like i guess i love you like how would you you know you're so handsome yes it's not like you're gonna be like i guess we should start sleeping together again like you'd be like this is fucking weird like you've been through a couple movies at this of adventures at this point she still doesn't remember though that's right yeah she's still questioning things yeah Uh, but yeah Yeah, go on anthony uh, i i just wanted to to say like i i haven't really been paying attention much to like you know, oh, like these are scenes that were reworked because of Paul Walker's death, or you know, like these were scenes that were kind of constructed like around that and whatnot. Like, I really haven't been paying attention. This is definitely the most obvious one so far. That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, I haven't really been like too looking out for it, but but this one was just glaring, and, and yeah. especially because like the way that the dialogue was, it's like, oh, well, that mission was dangerous, but it got the job done. And then Brian's like, oh, you know what's crazy? And Dom's like, you missed the bullets? It's like, what? <laughs> That's an odd thing to say. Uh, you just had way. bullets, full. You just had bullets like 10 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> you got to go be a good dad now. You know, stop uh, getting shot at. It's very strange. Yeah. But what can you do? Um, you know what? We're lucky, though. We're lucky that CGI has advanced to the point where they didn't put his head on there and it looked like the rock from Scorpion King. You know what I mean? Like or Jeff Bridges it, from Tron legacy. Yeah. It could have been, it could have been so bad that we were, that it looked like a fucking painted on face there with him going, Oh, I should, should really go home and be with Mia. You know, like, I guess everybody sounds the same him and Dom now. My, <laughs> my impersonations are horrible, but like we're at least lucky enough that it is almost indistinguishable other than the weirdness of the scenes themselves. So, mm-hmm. It could have been worse. Yeah. Um, then we're, we're in the middle of the day, and uh, this is the part we were talking about. The crew's driving sports cars through a desert highway, and you know it's Abu Dhabi because they pass some camels. Uh, and then- <laughs> I know. I was like, those guys were like, hey, guys, do you think you'd give us a ride? To- oh, okay, bye. <laughs> I know, right? We are just it was, actually, it was actually shot on location in Barstow, California. 
That's right. In beautiful <laughs> Mars, in. Arizona. Yeah, they flew in the camels. That's right. And and the uh, Arabian fellas. Um, and then, I'm sure there are Arabian people in Los Angeles who could have just been driven there. <laughs> so they no, guys, were, this they is going to add so much to the budget. We're going to have to fly in Arabians from Abu Dhabi. Just go to Westlake. Should have just fucking gone to Abu Dhabi. It would have cost us the same amount of money. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and then it tells us on the screen that it's Abu Dhabi as music video type shots of the city flash by. And Anthony vomited a little bit in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely did. It was terrible. I hated it. You they know what? Sir J. Eisenstein is rolling around at his grave. That man created the montage so you could fucking not have to see everything in a movie, Anthony. And you're unappreciative. We didn't get no Battleship Potemkin for nothing. And now Eisenstein's, all of you who are film nerds are going, yeah. And those of you who aren't are like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) Skip 30 seconds button on their (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened every time I talk, sadly enough. So. Let's get past this. There are people who are like Vito isn't even in the show in my can- head canon. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, and and you happen to speak at exactly thirty second increments, which is lucky for them. I time it. <laughs> I time it because I care for our fans who don't care for me. That's right. You're welcome, <laughs> assholes. Uh, the crew they they park at a beachside hotel and, and walk inside amongst all the bikini models. Um, oh, I did want to point something out. Uh, Because everybody always tells us we don't do any research into the cars. So I did do some research. They pull up uh, in a Dodge Charger RT, a McLaren MP4-12C, a Dodge Viper SRT-10, and a Bugatti Veyron Grand Sport, for those of you who like cars. Sweet cars. Now, how did you track down that information? I looked at IMDb because I'm lazy. Because I was, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know how to figure out what those cars were. So that, if you, I, I noticed uh, for those of you who are upset that we don't talk about the cars a lot, if you go into the IMDb trivia section for each of the movies, it tells you all of the cars that are used throughout the movies. So we don't have to. But it also it's said just, that the uh, cast of Saved by the Saved by the Bell was in consideration for the first movie. All right? So how that did is that? True. That is true. It embarrassed me in front of. A director I admire. Hey, we got that information <laughs> cleared up, and I think somebody had. That's to. true. Yeah, yeah, we should we should write to IMDb and get that uh, changed. Actually, and that we've got the information the from the no, horse's mouth. We should add an IMDb trivia claiming that we, as a podcast, were the ones that. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, that could have probably helped us in the last couple of years with uh, with promotion, but uh, better late than never. And I'm not saying that to be cynical. I'll, I'll try to pop it in there for us. So fast, so furious cool. podcast as seen on IMDb trivia. Yeah. Hey, that's right. All right. I'll do it. Well, a little bit later, uh, Tej and Roman are by the beach checking things out, especially Ramsey in her little black bikini. Tej says that she is a woman worth falling out of a plane for. And Roman calls dibs on her. Tej asks him if he's in the fourth grade and then suggests that they play paper, rock, scissors for her. Like, uh, like grown men. Did you guys notice that uh, that that shot was an homage to James Bond? Several James Bond moments uh, from Thunderball when Ursula Andress gets out of the water, uh, from Die Another Day when Halle Berry comes out of the water, and from Casino Royale when Daniel Craig comes out of the water. 
Anyway. Like they're, but they are all shot. I, I double checked before we uh, before we filmed or before we recorded, mm-hmm. and they are shot with almost the same lenses and with the same kind of like sun dappled sequence on the yeah, water. So that was definitely a, a bond. The, the same body motion, like they, they they got the water dripping off of them. They're kind of looking to the sun. I don't know. It's like they're doing yeah. the same sort of body motions too. Yeah. Have you yeah. guys uh, heard the story behind Daniel Craig's like coming out of the water moment? No. no, well, apparently, I wasn't sure Mark, what say. it was it was water. That was good. Yeah, no. Apparently, <laughs> Martin Campbell had the camera on him, and and Daniel Craig is supposed to like swim up to the shore and get out, uh, and a giant wave like crashed into Daniel Craig and just like swept him under and like fucked him up. So like that shot, that iconic shot that women went crazy over, is like him getting out of the water and going, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> yeah, no, like. Watch it on YouTube and with that in mind. And like, it's like him, like, kind of being confused of like, just looking Where around. Because, That's fucking yeah. hilarious, dude. Yeah. I, did, did you guys remember there was a time when everybody thought that he was going to fail as, as James Bond and they, they made fun of him? Because he was blonde. Yeah, yeah, they were. They had all so of those stupid. things where you're like, looks like the new James Bond broke his leg during a, you know, a chase sequence. What a pussy. And then the movie comes out and those same people were like, best James Bond ever. Yeah, he was fantastic in most of those movies. I well, he was fantastic. You know, he was in fantastic in all of them, but some of those movies weren't very good. He's he's also very good in Layer Cake. If you guys yeah. have not seen Layer Cake, but oh, yeah. uh, sorry, good. we, we always friends. we always go off into uh, into divergence. I, I but that is, but it, that is definitely an homage to James Bond, and Absolutely. and I think it it, it was it was uh, James Wan's way of also saying like they've entered the spy movie genre now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a passing of the torch from the street level stuff to like the James Bond international spy stuff. Although, although, well, I think that happened in the last movie, honestly. You know what? You just fucked up my whole theory. I quit. Good. Well, Letty says... There's a guy out there going, I don't have to fast forward 30 seconds anymore. Woohoo! Letty, Letty tells Tej and Roman that they both look like pussy whip stalkers. And I Just have it written up. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Letty hates people oogling women. That's right. Except for her. Or oogling. Just, yeah, just the way that she looks at the two of them is like in such like disgust. It, it was also one of those weird well, I, things where it's like, what, what did, why does she care? Like, Well, I think because she they're treating her like this sort of piece of meat to just like call dibs on. It's like she has no say in who she wants to date. It's just like a foregone conclusion that whichever one decides they want her. I think that that was what I took from it anyway. And I love I love That's to hammer fair. it home. The third guy comes up, no fair, because I called dips and she kicked me in the balls. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck is happening here? Well, he tried to call dibs on her. Right. And it, and it resulted she's in... She's a strong, independent woman. And she That's right. No one calls no dibs. <laughs> Got a knee to the nuts. Um but Ramsey comes up and hugs this guy, Safar, and tells him she needs the speed drive she gave him. She, she gave him. The speed <laughs> drive she gave him. Uh, Safar says he'll be happy that she'll be happy because he was able to sell it. I know. And you're like, you're like, excuse me. So, like, you're going to be so happy because you want it back, but I sold it for you. Yay. She's like, like that. why would that make me happy, Safar? Exactly. I, I told you to fucking hold it and you sold it, you fucking idiot. You just you doomed the it. entire security of planet Earth. Like, congratulations, yeah. asshole. 
Where's my you cut? added 30 minutes and a huge stunt to this film, you idiot. The screenwriter was so happy that that happened. I, I just think it's funny that he's happy. He's like, you're going to, I did you one better. I sold it. It's like, <laughs> what, what the fuck are you talking about, Safar? Maybe that he's, she's going to, he's, he's going to give her half the money he made, which we never really find out how much he got paid for it. I, my question was, what was, I, I, I must have missed this. Aside from the fact that it has like the God's Eye program on it. What's so special about this, that this dude wanted it in his car? Like well, what else does we'll it do? Get, we'll get to that a little in in a wait. Let's see. It's that the answer is too Yes, Vito. <laughs> you see, it can tell when I move to the left or to the right in in millimeters. You're like, uh, it's parked on the top of a fucking building. What, what does it matter? Well, Ramsey is shocked and says that she asked him to take care of it, not sell it. Dom says that they're going to need it back, and Safar says this is impossible. Ramsey says there's something very important on the drive. And Safar says the good news is that it's safe. And the bad news is that it's very safe, which I thought was a good line. Um, and this is what I was getting to. Safar and says Safar that is an idiot. <laughs> Safar is an idiot. He sold it to a Jordanian prince, a trust fund billionaire who wanted it, quote unquote, for his supercar. What that actually means is anyone's guess. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand was like, what did that thumb drive fucking do, dude? Like, what's so special about this thumb drive? Yeah, because the car is already super. It, it goes 242 miles an hour and it's bulletproof. What can be improved upon? <laughs> dude, I have some info on that car, too, which is actually pretty badass. But I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to the car. Oh, I'm glad because I meant to do that and I didn't. But yes, we'll get to that uh, coming up. They're standing outside of three towering skyscrapers. Safar says the prince is keeping the device, in, or the car, I guess, in his penthouse, tower number one. Tej wonders, like the audience, why someone would keep a car in their penthouse. And Safar says the guy's a multi-billionaire and can do whatever he wants. That is a very good example, by the way, of story logic, because that's another case of the screenwriter going, Anthony, you'll you'll see why they need it at the top of this building in the next segment. But but essentially, like the idea of them having to have it up there, you know that there was an executive who was like, "Why would he keep it up there?" And the guy's like, "He's a billionaire, dude." And they were like, "Put that in the script. The audience needs oh, to know that." Like that, because why would you put it at the top? Like why that dude would be driving it all around Abu Dhabi, sporting it around like he has the biggest swing and dick and fucking. Saudi Arabia. Like, why would you put it in a building? But that's true. That's what I was saying about, like, the little details that they kind of try to cover their tracks as far as, like, what is the audience going to try to point out, you know? So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and luckily, Anthony is going to love this. Safar says that tomorrow is the longest day of the year, and conveniently, the prince is hosting a party to celebrate it. How convenient. <laughs> They came on the right day. Yep. He yep. and I like how he does again the screenwriting line. He's like, tomorrow just happens to be the longest day of the year. So mm -hmm. the prince is having a party. It's like, yeah, but then Rome later says they party like this every day, which is I a plot plot hole. No, but yeah. anyway. Really going on. Brian no, I, I, I have it written. This party is what I envision hell to be like. Just in the middle of the hot, desert, hot, hot sweaty, dancing? gross people. No. Well, first, so Safar says they got to change clothes to get in. So we do see them all uh, changed a bit 
to you know be presentable, I guess. Didn't mean to cut you off, Anthony. But we no, do no, have another very emotional scene before we get to the actual party. We just have to cover. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, when they cut to the shot of them, you know, dressed in like the glamour clothes and they do the entertainment tonight, walk towards the camera. Slow motion, yeah. I, I will say there's a really cool transition there that I want to point out that I didn't notice. It, it was like very subliminal. It's a shot of Letty's dress. It flaps into the camera and it it's, it's really bright red. And then it cuts to a shot of like a boat speeding away from a thing. And the, the dress is still there. It's like, I, 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 it's hard to explain. It's like, it looks like the dress is now on a boat moving towards the, towards but the it's place. also the transition. It's the same thing. shot. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, it's, it's very cool how they did it. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dorky thing, but, Film fans, you know, will want to go back and watch that. It's really cool how they did the transition. It's very seamless, and it and it really works. That's the, that's a good transition when you do yeah. something cool and you kind of don't even notice it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they're all dressed, dressed all fly. Dom and Letty head into the elevator of the tower, and Dom is captivated by her beauty. And Letty tells him he looks handsome. Dom says that seeing he her like, like this, he, he looks does like a little. Exactly Pitbull. like Pitbull. It is Pitbull. Pitbull has been playing it's Vin Pitbull. Diesel for the past 30 years. That's right. Surprise. Uh, Dom says that seeing her like this reminds him of old times, like back when he used to pick her up by the ass and make out with her. I added that. Because <laughs> oh. really, what, what old times does this remind him of? I mean, she looks like she's going to an Oscar party. I know. She looks, she looks very out of place in that dress. You could tell... I haven't seen anybody that uncomfortable in a dress since other than Maya Hawk in uh, Stranger Things season four, when she's like, what's this dress do? It's so awkward and weird. I guess you guys haven't seen that. Okay. Sorry. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. Anthony got it. I'm a little bit. But yeah, it is interesting. And I mean, like, look, I'm not even trying to knock uh, Michelle Rodriguez. I think she's fine. And she's obviously an attractive woman herself. However, it is interesting just like we're get, the, the franchise is getting to that point where they're really like, I mean, look at the, the, the extras in this freaking scene, you know, and they're constantly talking about how hot Ramsey is. And maybe this is part of the reason why she's her character, Letty, is written this way. Uh, she, Letty is not traditionally super model sexy. I think that's safe to say. I find no. her very sexy. And and traditionally, I haven't. Um, but I, I thought she was gorgeous in this, and I thought she also, wore the dress not, really not well. Attractive, but 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 I mean, I don't know. It just is just not my type. No. Sure, I guess we shouldn't really be talking about her looks. Three fucking dudes. <laughs> I was just saying. I mean, I mean it's like, not. It's not like we're sitting here talking about her like they talked about Ramsey. I mean, it's it's okay to appreciate a beautiful woman, you know, without being creepy about it. You know what I mean? Sure. sure. Yeah. Um. Well, then the elevator. If, if we were like, "Did you see her boobs in this shot?" Like that's Did you see that's them gams? Yeah, I mean, she's uh, you know, yeah, she's a beautiful woman, you know. Uh, Letty, when they get off the elevator, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like Letty seems flustered about something for some reason. I don't know if it's. I love. Well, I mean, she just had awesome. like a, she just had like a flashback, like a traumatic flashback, like seconds ago. Yeah, and he also had that really cool line where he goes, "She's like, what's wrong?" And he's like. There's a billion things wrong, but not in this moment. Very zen. It was a very yeah. zen moment for Dom. Mm-hmm. She was like, it was why a, he's it, the alpha? It was my a silly alpha. line, but it worked for me. Like, yeah. I, 
it, that's what I'm I, saying. I that's honored. that's the difference between, and I don't want to get on a tangent about it because we'll have plenty to say later on. But like, that's the difference between this and those later movies. Are they silly lines? Yes, but do they also work? Yeah, you know, like where, was, where was Vin Diesel yeah. in the in in Attack of the Clones? He could have said that line about sand. <laughs> this is not as annoying as sand. All coarse and white. He would have talked as beautiful about as you. Put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Michelle Rodriguez. I always say. It's a um, uh, it's a delicate like balance. It, it's it's a very delicate balance to make a line that bad work. But like there are plenty of instances in this movie alone, and in the franchise, you know, up until this point, where they can pull it off. And like it's, you know, I, I think the MVP of doing that in this movie is uh, uh, Jason Statham. So far, sure, absolutely. He's believable um, in everything. If we're not calling Kurt Russell. Because like we had said in two podcasts, I think, how great his offhanded lines are. But yeah, Deckard's I, I'm, I'm never going to get over Dom ain't no deer. Like, Dom ain't there's, no there's no saving that line. <laughs> Unless you're Kurt Russell. No, not even if you're Kurt Russell. <laughs> he, he gave it his best shot, though. Kurt Russell, Orson Welles, I don't care who you are. You're not going to make it work. Dom ain't no deer. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, some, some great cheesy lines. Um, the rest of the crew is already at the party, mingling with the other people and all the hot ladies, including some dancing hot ladies that are spray painted in gold. Possibly another nod to James Bond for Goldfinger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was about how they'd never win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You win. Yours is probably right. No, you win. That's that's a much better reason. Did you guys notice there is a, a very big difference in this sequence versus all of the other sequences that we've seen so far is that most of those other ones are street parties. Those are street level parties. And this one is considered to be like high high society elites. Although there's still plenty of butt shots, which I found hilarious. It's like oh, there's yeah. like 70 butt shots in like five seconds. But but like because they knew they had to show you, you know, the, the eye candy. But they also this is it's like the last Jedi showed us a hive of scum and villainy, but it was the rich. This one is the same thing. We're getting we're getting how the rich party versus how how the people on the streets party. And, and it's, it's the same. Funny. We're all together. We're all one. Right. We all party the same, dude. And it's also literally not on the street, which is typically where location yeah. wise. Yeah, it's party. like at the top of the highest top of the building. So it's like. Yeah. They're, they're now partying with the tip-top, the creme de la creme, so to speak. That's right. Including guys in turbans. So, so Anthony, you racist bastard. Okay. <laughs> and Vito of, froze. Uh, you, <laughs> froze you froze, too. Uh, I, think, well, I think we, I don't know, we did all freeze. But, back. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, I don't know. I, I was trying to make a funny joke, but it was neither funny nor... Uh, why start or, uh, heard? Yeah, why start well, now? Since Vito just called me out as racist, let me clarify. I don't like confined spaces where there's a lot of people and there's sweating and desert and loud, obnoxious music with a DJ. Like, that's my version of hell, not the fact that, you know, totally there's Arab joking, people. <laughs> totally like, joking, dude. Oh, I, I know you're joking, but, like, the audience maybe doesn't think, like... Just to clarify. Yeah, just let me clarify. I have nothing nothing against Arab people. 
just I, I don't like club settings. I don't like the desert and I don't like sweaty, gross people like not wearing clothes. It, it, didn't, it looked like it was probably a pretty hot environment. Oh yeah, and and you tell me this this prince doesn't have air conditioning up in this uh, up in this building, guys. Come on, he does no because you can literally see the sweat glistening off of the naked bodies, Vito. Yeah, it's because uh, it's not sexy when people aren't sweating and dancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. He turns up the AC later on when he's home alone. Sweat is gross. Now, now that the people are gone, put on the AC, Jafar. Yes, bring out the ice. Oh, so cool in here. Uh, there's a frame that's mostly cleavage, and then we see Tej and Ramsey somewhere in back in the back corridors, and they go over the plan one more time. He says that the car is kept in a safe room, and Brian says that he sees eight to ten plainclothes police officers looking over the, the place. And Dom also adds the prince and his personal security detail, which is headed up by Ronda Rousey. Uh, Anthony's favorite UFC competitor. And, 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 and actually, probably Ronda Rousey after the loss she suffered at the hands of uh, that last fight she was in. She's like, I'll fucking go to buy and uh, protect Princess from now on. I do think it was kind of after she her first big loss and she's like, oh, maybe I'll go try movies. And that didn't quite work out. She's no yeah, Gina Right Carano. after this, she did the third Expendable movie. Um, and I don't think she had lines in that one. Maybe she did. In the I Expendables? Can't she, she had lines in the wise choice. Uh, I, I don't remember. Was she in the movie like earlier? No, she, no. Was, okay. she just popped up out of nowhere. I was like, oh shit, that's Ronda Rousey. And then she was gone. Like, just they did not linger on her. She's going to, she's starting to do her job. Ah, okay. She's on the case. Yeah. I, I just, it would have been weirder if she just showed up in that one shot and then wasn't in the movie for the that's rest right. of the day. The, the no, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Cause it was very like blink and you miss it. Like usually like when you introduce a character, like you kind of linger on her and you know, like she, they sort of, they sort of did. If you know where they're going, where, where it's going, but uh, I don't want to spoil well, it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of it was like, Oh, the audience will know that's Ronda Rousey. And therefore will know that she's important to some degree. Yeah, yeah well, like that's why I'm asking, like, again, like, we kind of, like, have been spreading out, like, our, our viewing because of just our recording schedule. But I was, like, wondering, like, did they introduce her, like, in the beginning of the movie? And I don't remember, like, because it was and, very, like, it was weird how they shot it. She was just there and, like, just disappears. Well, and also think about this. Like, they don't say, oh, the, the woman in the uh, gold dress <laughs> is the leader of the guard team they just show all the guards that are dressed in their guard uniforms and then next to her or next to them is ronda rousey in a cocktail dress and so yeah it is I, a little confusing i kind of though when i saw that to me i was like there's they they that's to distinguish her from the rest of them to show that she's like the alpha of that of that unit this is alpha. you know she's yeah she's, she's the captain phasma that's, that's right, right. <laughs> hopefully they give her more to do than captain phasma did and all three of the Star Wars movies. She was only in two. Uh, yeah, exactly. More to do than in all three of the Star Wars movies. That's right. Good, good cover, Vito. No one noticed that you made that gaffe. Uh, you know, Brian, unless you've said this out loud, in which case everyone's going to know. Very, very oh. observant, Brian. Yes. Sorry, I'll sorry. let you finish. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. It was terrible. I'm kind of <laughs> glad that you cut it off. 
I didn't know there was another part. You're like you're like the moil of comedy. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna briss your joke, Vito. <laughs> um, Brian points out that there are cameras clustered on around the north side of the room, so the vault must be there. Tej notes that the access to the security system is in the prince's bedroom, which Letty volunteers to infiltrate. And this, maybe you, you blinked and missed this part, Anthony. Ronda Rousey kind of sees her, and then she goes off, and it's implied that she's going to go investigate what's going on, but it's also not super clear. She yeah, just that, that was probably the, the scene where like, I looked down at my phone, and I was confirming with you guys that we were recording today. So you see Letty at the top of the stairs, right? She's like, okay, I'm on it. She turns right. and she goes through the doors and it cuts to a shot of Ronda Rousey seeing her do that and then walking around the security detail and it mm. cuts. So it implies yeah. that, that she's she's following her or that she suspects something as she yeah. does that. And as she I, passes I probably by, missed that. When she passes by her guards, she kind of taps him on the shoulder, almost like giving him a single a signal, like uh, you know, be alert, something like that. Yeah, I, I I honestly didn't see that. Like, I, I literally, like, I was watching it, and I just saw Ronda Rousey pop up for, like, two seconds and then disappear, and I was like, that's the weirdest cameo I've ever seen. Like, There's also have- a line where she says, I'm going to go investigate this mysterious woman in a red dress. I'll be right back, guys. Be on alert. Yes. I'm kidding. Don't let, a, don't let him play Final Countdown before I get back. <laughs> Uh, Letty makes her way towards the prince's bedroom and the guard tells her that there's a guard outside of there, a fella, man guard, uh, to go back to the party. But Letty easily takes him out with her unexplained fighting skills. By the way, man guard sounds like a really bad Punisher knockoff if right. you are for the boys. You know or what I mean? It's like you're watching an episode of the boys and they're like, look out, it's man guard. That's right. <laughs> you know, um, she not only takes this dude out, This is what I was going to point out earlier about guards and movies. This man's one job is to make sure no one gets near that fucking car. Someone's walking. No, no, this is for his bedroom. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, so, but, but regardless, like most most security people worth their druthers would have pulled a gun and been like, "You can't fucking come back here." He's like, "Ma'am, ma'am, I'm trying to talk, ma'am, am I?" And he gets hit in the. It's like he's like you're supposed to be suspicious of everyone. Mm-hmm. as a security guard so this dude's like clearly not doing his job especially and, uh, some random woman that's trying to get into the bedroom of a prince surely right. not the first time that's happened hey the prince has to like smuggle them in like the rest of his kidnapped wives that's right to join his harem i'm sure that was that was probably more racist than your version of hell anthony so i now walk back back and realize that i'm the problem and uh yeah okay the the actual uh, title of this podcast is Vito's Intervention. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just been over. it's been fifty seven episodes. If you guys might, I'm like, why did my mom just appear in the back of your camera there, uh, Anthony? Why is my brother behind you, Zach? And they're like, Vito, have a seat. We'd like to talk to you about your. We had to lower your racism. your guard. Yeah. Um, Roman Roman says that Tej didn't explain what his role was. Tej explains or Tej replies that Roman is special teams and that they when they need him, he'll do what he does best. I thought you said Roman is special needs. (laughs) He is. He's both. What about me, guy? You just stay over there. And if we need you, we'll uh, activate your wheelchair. Thank you. (laughs) 
The um, the fucked up thing about this is, is this is like the second or third time in this movie where they're already in the middle of the mission and Rome was like, hey guys, mind <laughs> telling me what my part is? It's like they're having meetings without him. Like they're all like, hey, what are you guys doing in here? Nothing, Rome, uh, go play video games. Okay, now that he's gone. Uh, Letty, you're going to go to the prince's bedroom. You guys, yeah, like, they never one, one, mission, guy. one mission earlier, he wanted to be the one calling the shots and, and being in on the, the details. That's why, because yeah. they never give him any information. Yeah. How crazy would that be to be like get to Abu Dhabi be in the middle of it and have them go, by the way, um, this is what you're going to be doing. It's like, you'd figure they would have set that up earlier. That's like, right. You well, don't see I, anybody I, in Ocean's Eleven like, what's my, what's my part in this ice? Like, Mr. Clooney, what do I do? <laughs> you just stay there and look pretty, Brad. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Letty gets into the prince's bedroom and Tej tells her to find the phone jack and cut the orange wire which somehow gets them into the security system. What's the word that he uses for orange, though? He's like, cut the whole thick wire. And she's like, like plurum. Plurum yeah. he's like, he's like, it ain't, she's like in English. And he's like, the orange one. It's like, yeah, what is, has anybody ever heard of orange being called? I'll take the plurum car, please. No, like, to me, like, I, I don't think he was referencing a color. I think he was referencing a function. Like the wire, like the, the specific wire does this, like that sort of thing. You should have looked the word up. Okay, plerum is uh, an accusative masculine singular, whatever that means. Uh, I have no idea. It, it literally, plerum means accusative masculine singular. I might, I mean, I might not have the word correct. I'm, I'm going off a of memory. I didn't write it down. Maybe there's. It is very weird. I looked up the definition of it. It's the nominative neuter singular of plerus, which is the accusative masculine singular of plerus. I have no idea what that means. Hmm. And it kind of goes in with all of their uh, their sexism, though, because of their accusative masculinity, damn it. I had to try to find a way to tie that. Yeah, I'm looking up other words for orange, and I don't see... I think it's just techno jargon. Like, they're, he's talking about a specific type like of Like Doctor Who, where he's like, you know, reverse the polarity. Reverse the polarity, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not well, so there's... smart, are you, Tej? Not such a genius after all. Says Stan Lee suddenly this for something. tech mumbo jumbo. If <laughs> I'd written so Spider-Man to say Plarum, I would have defined the word. Uh, there's a shot of two great asses. And then Tej tells Roman to do what he does. Oh, those Roman two great asses, Roman Tej. And they're the <laughs> greatest know. asses in the, in the series. I should have mentioned in dresses. Okay. Great, great booties in dresses. Um, Roman immediately starts bugging some young women sitting nearby he asks one if it's her birthday, and Tej says, not the birthday routine. So clearly this is something Roman has done more than once. Did you, did you also notice that, like, it's in Arabia where Aladdin took place, and he asks her if her name is Jasmine. Ooh. Racism! Well, he doesn't ask her. He, He's like, Jasmine, well, it's your birthday. Yeah. She is Jasmine. Yes, you're right. That's like I, saying that every, every that. woman in Spanish Harlem is named Maria. I mean, they are, but it's racist to say it. And he just said, everybody in in Arabia is not named Jasmine. But, I mean, if you're going to guess, if you're going to take a stab at it, you could could pick a worse option, no? My name is Harun. It could be anything. I was close. You know what I mean? Yeah. So close. Well, Roman takes this girl, uh, young fake Jasmine, uh, up to the DJ and commandeers his microphone to announce her birthday. 
And as he starts to sing happy birthday to her over the mic, several security guards approach him, and then Brian and Dom sneak back towards the safe room. Dom and Brian. Now, mm-hmm. there, this, is, this is the point where I wanted to point out how bad the guards are again. They as, don't these, the back. as these two guards are rounding the, the corner to come out to see what the fuss is, they almost bump into Brian and Dom, who are headed for the room they were guarding. And the, n- neither of them stops and says, hey, wait a minute. What are you guys doing? Are you a distraction? Like, is this a, like they yeah. just keep going? And it's like, why would they leave their post to see, see a guy it. singing happy birthday? Well, he's being very disruptive, Vito. This is a special day. It's the longest day of the year. They can't let this shit fucking slide. <laughs> I, I also was like, why didn't Rome just go up to the prince and go, it's your birthday, and like start a routine about that? Yeah, because that would make sense. He, yeah, that would make more sense because he doesn't. He just assumes the party is for the prince's birthday. Yeah, not the and it's 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 like well, but it is the prince's birthday, doesn't he say that? Doesn't he say he's like celebrating his birthday? Well, he's celebrating the longest day of the year. Why? Why? Okay, I thought there was a line in there about no. it being the prince's birthday. Nope. Oh Jesus! Well, I even I watched the clip three times before we recorded. Jesus. That um, would have made more sense if it yeah, had just like he, why would he, you celebrate the longest day of the year? Because it's a very that that might be something though. Like I know that there are um solstice things and things like that in certain cultures where where people celebrate the solstice and they have parties and stuff. So that, that might be something cultural that we that could be you could be we're right. ignorant of, you know. But like uh I just thought it was it was a it's a very Eddie Murphy like Beverly Hills cop moment, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's what they tried to play it off as but like i would have gone up to the prince and done that because like that's a cause for all the the security guards to come out like why would they give a shit that this guy's saying it's her birthday like nobody goes woo or anything like it's weird totally. it's they a very weird like, scene like two dudes tops to just politely escort him away yeah. and kick him out of the building or please please move away from the prince that's like, a crazy american crazy american please right um uh it looks like man on his camel and get him out of here it looks like Sweden celebrates it. That's their midsummer. Uh, Don't go there. They're going to put Rome in a bear and then throw him off a cliff and burn him alive. I'd watch no. that movie. Wicker Man style. It's like <laughs> mid- midsummer, be Fast and the Furious midsummer. <laughs> I'm hungry and on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dom just takes out the entire. He's like, this festival's not happening anymore throughout history. And like, it becomes an action movie. This isn't my idea of family. <laughs> I ain't going to have no flowers growing out of my head. No, sir. I don't like this tradition anymore. Fast and the Furious Midsummer. Coming this summer. From Ari Aster and Justin. No, no, no. Fast and Furious Midsummer. Coming Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Fast and Furious that all takes place during the day. That's what makes it so action-packed. It's like nobody ever does action all during the day. I'm doing some deep dive here shit because Midsummer is a very innovative movie that takes place all during the day. So it's mm-hmm. strange that – never mind. Carrying on. Well, you see, Dom and Brian have reached the vault. 30 seconds, by the way, for those of you who wanted to skip ads. Yes. Uh, Dom and Brian reach the vault, and Ramsey unlocks it for them. Inside are a few paintings and a sweet-ass red sports car. Brian says it's a Lycan hypersport. This I'll, I'll give the information that he gives, and then you yeah yeah okay. okay. Well, he says it's worth three point four million. Goes mm-hmm. zero to sixty in less than three seconds. 
There's seven in the world, and this is one of them. Yeah, so this this is really cool because so there, uh, W Motors is a Lebanese company. They did only make seven of these cars, which makes it uh, the most expensive car in the world and also made it the most expensive car ever featured in the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, wow. Um, so everything on it is handcrafted, including the body itself. The body is handcrafted out of carbon fiber. Wow. And uh, it is the car that has the world's first holographic midair displays. So that it actually projects like Star Wars type 3D stuff that you can interact with. You can push buttons on it wow. and make the car, you know, do stuff. And there are 440 diamonds lined within each of the LED headlights. Okay. So the, the car actually has diamonds embedded inside of the headlights. It seems excessive. It's well, I mean, that's why it's $3.4 million. So mm -hmm. and apparently they used a real a real version of one I'm of sure the seven cars. Did in the movie, although, well, there's some other stuff. We'll get into that later when we get into the, the rest. Yeah, we'll have plenty of action. Yeah, but this this car is pretty badass. I, I looked it up on the website, and I got this info from their website. That car is pretty fucking, I mean, like, I'm not a big car dude, but Man. it's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, it even looks fucking cool. I will say I, I'm not a car guy, but I don't know if I ever mentioned this. I was a fucking Hot Wheels kid, so I do love it the practically way. practically makes you a car guy. But yeah, but I mean, like, I don't care about like how they work and like, oh, well, it goes this fast and stuff. I mean, like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something I get like turned on over, you know, yeah, I just yeah. like, I think it looks cool or it doesn't. Yeah, I get it. Um, Did you hear that, Anthony? He gets turned on by cars. That's right. I get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says that the, the prince keeps uh, this very expensive uh, limited edition vehicle locked up in a vault in... Dom says, nothing's sadder than locking a beast in a cage. That uh, is also a reference, by the way, to their website, because they talk about the car being a beast. That's why they called it the lichen, to make it sound like it's like a werewolf or a monster. It's oh, it's something it's rare and unique and, and chic. Low-key PR. Yeah. Well, according to the subtitles, it was spelled L-Y-K-A-N, and usually yes. lichen is spelled L-Y-C-A-N. you got to be able to Google it. Yeah, I think that's also um, that might be the way it's spelled in Lebanese versus English. Mm, that's a good good theory. I mean, or, I or know, it's I, one I of those. I thought things. it was like a brand thing. It's yeah. I was gonna say Kool Aid. Also, you know, right? They put a K on it to make it have its like snap. Yeah, I remember but, in the '90s where everything had an X and a Z, and and it was extreme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, three yeah. X's if you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> now Brian's really mad that this beautiful vehicles just sitting there dom says let's get to work and this apparently means dom lifting the car up with his own strength and brian ca crawling underneath to locate the speed drive and uh right before we get to our 15 minutes uh brian pauses looks at dom and asks if he's if he's okay i yeah I unfortunately the timer cuts off right mid-sentence so i can't yeah. say that it was a complete perfect like 15 minute thing like the past like three episodes mm. are so minor gripe just you know ruined it for me completely do you, you, you want to know how strong dom is you guys mm -hmm. a lichen hypersport weighs 3042 pounds so he was he was able to lift and a half three thousand pounds by well, himself 15 i mean hypothetically half of it right because yeah. he's only lifting but still 
That's it's still, not really possible. He's he's real strong, that Dom. That's right. He's a regular Hulk. Not as universal. It is Universal Pictures, so maybe there's a. They're going to reveal in the tenth movie that he was given gamma radiated blood or something, and that explains why he's able to have his supersonic noggin and lift no, three thousand pound cars. And it's his own ingenuity and uh, skill set that got him that far. That's he right. Need any That's Dino right. DNA. <laughs> Well, Anthony, are you glad that section's over finally? Yeah, it that it was a bad combination of like lines that didn't work and were distracting, like character moments that just came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, I can't fault the <coughs> excuse me. the editors and, and the filmmakers for having to kind of piece together that one scene on the aircraft uh, between Dom and, and Brian, but it was very noticeable. Uh, not necessarily bad but just noticeable like we said um and just a lot of like the the music video montages with the loud obnoxious music and the stylized like you know zoom editing and stuff like that like that's part of the franchise you know what i mean like they've always had that and that's why up until we started this podcast i avoided the franchise like the fucking plague i mean you know like I, I don't like that stuff. I, I don't like watching it. I, I get no enjoyment out of it. And like I said, to be fair to the franchise, like I expected that to be like 90% of what it was. It hasn't been, I would say like good, like five, 10%. Uh, but when it does pop out, like it's, it's obnoxious to me and, and I don't enjoy well, it. I think um, even Justin Lin had said that like, he hates doing those scenes, but they're an obligation for the series to pop them in. It's what the fans expect. And mm-hmm. that's, not what you know what anthony here's my prediction you're going to be approached by a major studio they're going to say anthony we want you to direct this uh screenplay you're going to be like i love it and halfway through there's going to be a scene where it's like they enter the room it's a massive party women butts sweat and you're going to be like fuck you universal i'm not making your stupid picture and you're going to walk no, the script is going to be called uh rap music video and anthony will have to make the decision does he sell it's out? Two and a half hours of rap yeah. music video. So much sweat and butts. So many booties. And turbans. <laughs> Anthony's like sweating himself. Oh, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost them a pretty penny in order for me to be involved in anything like that. Um, uh, I have a $2 million. Guys, I think I can make the sequence exciting. I have a funny story. I'm I'm not going to tell it on the podcast. I'll tell you guys after we we wrap. But uh, it, it involves <laughs> it involves a conundrum of me being on a production that I did not 100 percent align with and, and walking off just based on principle. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, it, it, it there wasn't enough of the things I like in this 15 minute chunk. That's fair for me to enjoy it. Like I, I would say like this is probably like even with the, the action packed stuff, like this is probably my least favorite chunk of the movie. Um just didn't care for it. Kinda stitched together in some ways. Yeah. I don't know. I'm enjoying this one a lot. I am no, too. overall I am too. Overall I am too. I would just say that this 15 minutes was just kind of a dud. It, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like I mean obviously it would have been better to some extent had you know uh paul walker been able to stick around for the whole shoot 
Um, so it makes me wonder like what it would have been had they gotten their whole vision in there. That's but, that's actually a really good. I'm going to try to see if I can find a copy of the screenplay online, the original screenplay to read it, or if there's a website that's got like a comparison of of the original screenplay be. versus what what we got. Well, and, and if this is if this is something like uh, you guys don't want to discuss, I can cut it out for sure. But uh, don't one of you like know someone who worked on it and knew or had something to do with the film and knew like kind of where they were going uh, before they had kind of pivot. They had a guy uh, had a script with original films uh, who was one of the producers of that of the franchise. And so he was saying that like, because his script was in development at that time, he kind of got an inside scoop on what their reaction was and, yeah, I can see if he if he's willing to come on. I know he was before, you know, COVID and shit. But yeah, I, I would love to bring on guests uh, back. I was going to ask you guys about a couple, and yeah, we can cut this part if you want to. But yeah, there's a couple of people who wanted to come on for the seventh movie, so I'll reach out to them and I'll let you know who they are and stuff. Um, how I, I do have to say this, and and this this is a testament, I think, to the to the actors and the directors and and stuff. It had to have been very difficult to have someone so close to you pass away. It was it was halfway during the shoot, so like half of the film they had to like fucking come in and be heartbroken and then action and act like they were all full of verve and and really sell it. And I think that they do a really great job of like of covering over the fact that Paul Walker did, you know, die and it affected the shoot. Um, it's, it's kind of a testament to their love for him and to, you know what I mean? The, the dedication that they wanted to get that movie made. I can't imagine how hard that would be, you know, to lose someone and still have to like shoot a movie that day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the movie has to keep going. Uh, there's also that really big, what if it can, because it's like universal considered scrapping the movie just ending the series at six and uh vin diesel basically was like look paul wanted us to make 10 movies Paul wanted us to make a lot more films and for you to pay me for them yeah yeah exactly (laughs) plus he also said before he passed me rest in peace that i should have full creative control get rid of chris (laughs) morgan and make the movies stupid and send dom into space make them call dom is fast and furious there's also gonna be domosaurs those are Jurassic Park dinosaurs mixed with my DNA so that they're like scaly me's running around. And they steal by a me, bunch of, of DVDs. <laughs> DVD players, I mean. God. Robbie, was that a dinosaur I just saw that grabbed that DVD player and ran? You saw nothing, Gramps. You didn't see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> We're just chalk it up to the liquor. That's right. <laughs> I guess we should do an official... Uh, wrap up here you know just to thank everyone for listening and to encourage them to come back where we uh have another action sequence i'm afraid uh anthony but it'll oh, be no. exciting it's one of my favorites in the series which it'll means be- oh, really? anthony's gonna hate it probably action packed you might even say there's <laughs> literally a scene with a guy holding a can scooping up action and packing it in there man you're gonna have to cobble ex- uh, pre-existing audio of me like to react to that scene because I'm not gonna have anything to say to it. You're gonna have to do some strong editing skills. Like it's just the, I the, the enjoyed episode. that <laughs> I scene. Didn't like it at all. <laughs>
you can just sit there and put me into a coma. Yeah, you just say, I was fine. Yeah, it's better than I expected. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my entire contribution to the next episode. Thanks for excited. I think seven is the movie where I in six there were a lot of action sequences that like defied you know credulity. And then seven has action sequences, for example, with Dom jumping off a cliff in his car and somehow surviving with barely a scratch. Um, there's there's crazy shit in this, but it's still for some reason rings true and like works. And then for some reason for me in eight and nine, all of the action just made me go, oh come on, even though like I bought it completely in four, five, six, and seven. I'm not sure how that works. But it's a testament to James Wan as a filmmaker. I We're going to get guy. to the bottom of it 15 minutes at a time, Vito. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Sorry, I sort of stole your tagline, Anthony. That's all right. You can it's have our, it. our tagline that Anthony says and, and owns. But, but we use. I'm going to get a fucking thing in the mail that shows that I'm being <laughs> screwed by Anthony. <laughs> Please and assist my catchphrase, damn it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining joining in. Give us a review and the like and all that biznatch, and see you next time. Bye. I like to give it a definitive end. <laughs>